right, welcome in and welcome back to the Running Hoops Podcast, brought to you by Super Chicks, the home of the last year chicken sandwich. If you're ready to eat your feelings after this one, do it at Super Chicks. Visit their website for their menu and locations online at superchicks.com. And remember, it's chicks with an X.com. On this episode, we're going to keep it pretty simple. I'll review what went wrong against Arizona, and we'll look ahead to Arizona State. A quick reminder, though, to follow the podcast on Twitter, at Running Hoops, rate and review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, support on Venmo, and read my game previews over on Ute Zone. Well, I think for the most part, everyone saw a loss coming. I'm not sure we saw a loss coming where Utah wasn't super competitive for the bulk of the game, but here we are. So let's get into it. Arizona made its first shot, a three, and then went scoreless for four minutes while Utah went on a 7-0 run, and that was about as good as it got for the running Utes in the first half, as Arizona would take a double-digit lead into halftime, 43-31. Utah shot 30% from the floor and 33% from the three in the first half. They were bailed out by a few late made threes in the half, but they were 5-for-15 Overall, and they really shot themselves out of the game in the first half, trying to shoot themselves back into the game. Brandon Carlson had 14 of Utah's 31 at the break. Nobody else was particularly reliable in the first half and really in the second half, too. And the second half was more of the same, with Utah not really threatening Arizona at any point. Arizona would get the lead up over 20 a few times, and Utah cut it down to 12, but Arizona pushed it right back out. Utah made some shots down the stretch, but so did Arizona. They started playing the walk-ons and the bench guys, and that included former running Utes coach Larry Krikskoviak's son, Luke, who ended up getting a layup, and of course he was stormed by the Arizona players. They loved that, which led to a stupid quote from Kirk Carriza, not the sharpest knife in the drawer, about how Utah screwed over Luke's family. Now, last I checked, Larry was sitting on a pile of money in San Diego, courtesy of the University of Utah, so forgive me if I don't weep for the Kraskoviaks and how it ended at Utah after 10 seasons and two tournament appearances. And let me remind you, I was one of the last holdouts on hanging on to Larry. So again, this does not come out of spite. This comes out of a kid making a really stupid comment. And then, of course, the people in Arizona, they just lapped it up. Oh, that was awesome. A great comment. Okay, sure. Whatever. To quote former Connecticut coach Jim Calhoun. Get some facts and come back and see me. Get some facts and come back and see me. Arizona would ultimately prevail 88-62. to Brandon Carlson led the way for Utah with 19 points, but he had three boards and turned it over three times. Marco Anthony had... 12, but it took him a lot to get there, and he had four turnovers himself. And then Will Exact had 10 points off the bench. Nobody else really did anything worth writing home about. Creasa led the way for Arizona with 17, and that's enough about him. So how did they do against my keys to the game? Well, the first one was stick to the game, and that meant keep the score close, right? Get it to a point where with four minutes to go, you could make a push if you needed to. They didn't really do this. Once Arizona opened it up, Utah never really threatened them. Plus, they had one of their worst performances of the year defensively. And look, I'm the first guy to pull out the because they've got good guys too line that Mike Wilbon loves to use. But man alive, you've got to show up on the road a little bit. 
you just do, right? You've got to at least make your opponent sweat this one out a little, but they just really didn't do that. And a lot of that had to do with the shooting, and obviously a lot of it had to do with Arizona. They're a fantastic team. I'm not taking anything away from them. Number two, don't get sped up. You know, Arizona picked up half court most of the night, and the Utes just didn't really respond well. They definitely got sped up, had some bad turnovers. I mean, they didn't turn the ball over a ton, but they still had some bad turnovers and had some really bad shots, empty possessions, things like that. And so they definitely got sped up by Arizona's defense. Guard the three. Arizona shot 50% from beyond the arc, so no. Limit their second chance points. Arizona only had three offensive rebounds in this game, so I suppose they limited them in that sense, but Arizona ended up with a ton of points in the paint, and this was one of those games where Utah just shot the ball so poorly that it's hard to really know whether or not they did the things that they needed to do to win the game because it's hard to evaluate the rest of it when you shoot so poorly. Number five was Brandon Carlson and Kaba, kind of an inside-out game. You know, Brandon Carlson played well, and he really carried this team that on his back. He missed some threes early, but he got into a rhythm. He got some shots off, and they just they got nothing out of Kaba Kata tonight. And that's going to happen with freshmen. But again, when you're playing these big games on the road, you've got to have guys step up, especially with a short rotation like the Utes have. And then finally, value the basketball, right? 12 turnovers, again, right around their average. So not a killer, but when you shoot the ball as poorly as they did, the turnovers almost don't even matter because you can't evaluate it, as I've said. Some other observations, Azulis Tubelis kicked the ball into the stands. That was a no call at first. The refs weren't even paying a lick of attention. They reviewed it and hit him with a tech, and so he got two early fouls. He sat out the entire first half. But, you know, good job by the officials there, really top-notch officiating, uh, staying on top of things. Speaking of officiating, I guess three seconds isn't a thing in Tucson. And let me be clear, officiating is not the reason they lost this game. It was bad. Don't get me wrong. Buzzcut man was terrible. But it's not the reason they lost. But, you know, it's like we've been talking about for a few weeks, right? These are grown men. They walk into an arena and they get intimidated by a crowd. And that is what Craig Smith is trying to create at Utah. Hint, hint. UCLA and USC next weekend. So, again, the officiating was not the reason that they lost. But they certainly did not have calls go their way in part because of the crowd and the atmosphere there in McHale, which is probably the best in the conference, right? A couple other things here. Brandon Carlson had the ball knocked out of his hands quite a bit. He's got to, first, be stronger with it, and two, I think he's got to hold it up a little bit higher. Um, You know, the, the, the Arizona guys just really got their hands in there, and I'm sure he got fouled, but they just got their hands in there all night long and really, you know, made it tough for him, knocked the ball away a couple of times. So he's got to be stronger with the basketball uh, the refs, again, rewarded Pella Larson on a big-time flop in the first half. Lazar Stefanovic did not even touch him. It didn't step in his landing zone. But, you know, Pella gets the call. And Pella plays the Utes with a big chip on his shoulder, which is hilarious because he's the one who left. And if you know the backstory there, like, the chip makes even less sense. But, again, you know, whatever. Utah's the bad guy here in uh, the Pella narrative. And he was begging for calls all night long, hoping to get that superstar treatment. And so just funny, certainly had a good game. I think he had 11 points or something like that. But, you know, again, a little bit of a goof there. Uh, Not a good night for Marco Anthony. Turnovers, bad shots, missed passes, 
just a rough outing for him despite scoring 12 points. Had another one of those, you know, one-on-four type situations inside, threw the ball away a few times, and so a rough night for our good friend Marco Anthony. Uh, The Utes were pretty bad in transition defensively. They looked lost on defense quite a bit, which led to easy shots for the Wildcats, and that's going to be a big theme on Saturday against Arizona State. We'll get to that in a little bit. Um, I think they need to set better screens, right? Arizona's guards were able to get around those screens way too easily. Kaba was particularly poor in that regard, and that's a coaching thing, right? You've got to step out, you've got to set that screen, and you've got to make them make a decision to go over or under it. And it was just really easy for their guys to go over those screens all night long uh, against the Utes. Lazar was two for nine. Raleigh was two for nine. Ben was one for seven. You know, you guys are starters on a D1 basketball team fighting for a top four seed in the conference tournament. You got to be better than that. Like, you just got to show up on the road better than that. Uh, Will Exact, he was a bright spot in the game. He had 10 points in 17 minutes. And so you'd think that means he'll get some more PT against Arizona State, but who knows? And, you know, look, in some ways, Utah just needed to get this game out of the way so that they could get to the next four games, which, you know, will really define their season. And look, they may be headed to the NIT no matter what. They could they could potentially go, you know, 4-0 here down the stretch, and they may still not get in to the NCAA tournament. But speaking of the the big picture, right, they are now 17-10. and They're 10-6 and in league play. They dropped to the fourth spot because they're a half game behind the Trojans. Now USC's 10-5, and five, and they head to Tempe with one day to prepare for the Sun Devils. Obviously, this isn't a loss that's going to necessarily hurt you in your net rankings and other things like that, but it does in perception because you got blown out. But really what you can't let this loss do is you can't let Arizona beat you twice. And that's definitely a possibility with the way this game ended, with the trolling by Kirk Harissa, you know, all of that stuff. Like, it could be a frustrating loss for the players, and if they let it sit with them, then it's going to be tough for them to overcome that again and then beat the Sun Devils. But Arizona State's got problems of their own. They lost to Colorado on Thursday night. We will preview that game right after these words from one of our sponsors. Hey, everyone. A loss like this will definitely keep coaches up at night, maybe even some fans. Well, if you're having trouble sleeping, it may just be your pillow. So let me recommend Pillow Fight. I'm going to keep this quick. Their pillows and bedding products are awesome. I use them, and I've got them for my whole family, and they all love them. And we all sleep like babies. Check out their website at pillow-fight.com and use the promo code RUNNINHOOPS at checkout for 20% off your first purchase. That promo code again, RUNNINHOOPS, that website, pillow-fight.com. Just could make make shots, and again, if we... uh... I thought defensively we were okay. I mean, De Silva's a really good player, man. He's he's uh, you know he's one of the best players you know in the conference. I think you know just based off what I've been watching on tape and then seeing him you know now today, and he's uh, so it was it was a tough one. Obviously, a tough loss. All right, a little Bobby Hurley post game audio from tonight's loss to Colorado to bring you back here. So Arizona State and Utah both coming into this game. Off of a loss, the Sun Devils are now 18-9 and on the season. They're 9-7 and in Pac-12 play. They blew an eight-point lead in the second half to fall to the Buffs, 67-59. to They dropped to 72 in Ken Palm. They were 69 in the net coming into this game. So they'll probably drop to, I'd say, 75, I'd guess. 
We all know they're coached by Bobby Hurley. He's in his eighth season at the school. He's got a record of 136 and 109. That includes tonight and a Pac-12 record of 69 and 74. There was some belief heading into the season that Bobby Hurley was on one of the hotter seats in the Pac-12. I mean, shoot, I think I had them at 11 in my preseason, you know, ballot, non-ballot. So obviously I was wrong. I think the performance this year may have cooled that seat a little bit, but you know, you've got these two teams now heading into this game on Saturday in Utah and Arizona State that are trying to figure out how to finish this season strong. They've each got four games. They play each other. Then they play the L.A. schools, and and they play their rival, right? Arizona State plays Arizona. Utah plays Colorado, both on the road. And so this is a critical game all of a sudden, really, for both of these teams to just kind of try to keep some momentum going, Right, So let me tell you a little bit about the squad over at Arizona State. They boast a guard-heavy team. They've got five guards that average more than 16 minutes or more per game, with four of them averaging in double figures. They're led in scoring by two-time transfer Desmond Cambridge. The former Brown and Nevada guard is currently averaging 13.7 points per game. He shoots 41% from the field. And look, Desmond Cambridge does not need a whole lot of room to get his shot off, and he can hit from just about anywhere on the floor. He had 12 points on Thursday night against Colorado. I think he started pretty hot, but the buffs kind of cooled him down. I suspect Marco Anthony draws that defensive assignment on Saturday afternoon. DJ Horn is another very steady player for Arizona State in their backcourt. He doesn't shoot it at a great clip, but he's still averaging 11.5 points per game. He's quick. He's got that really quick first step. And he had 15 against the Buffs on Thursday night to lead the Sun Devils. Michigan transfer Frankie Collins has really lived up to the preseason hype. He's averaging 11.2 points per game to go along with 4.6 rebounds and 4.6 assists. Heading into the Colorado game on Thursday night, Collins had scored in double figures in his previous six games. He was shut out in the first half against the Buffs. He ended up with four points, so I'm certain he will look to bounce back on Saturday afternoon. And then Desmond Cambridge's brother, Devin, is the final piece of that four-guard group for Arizona State that averages in double figures. He's at 10.2 points per game, and he doesn't shoot as much as his brother does, but when he does, he makes them. He's shooting 50% from the field. Arizona State's front court is anchored by Nevada transfer Warren Washington, who averages seven rebounds per game to go along with 8.6 points per game. And at seven foot, 225, He's getting a lot of shots inside. He shoots 67.8% from the field at home, and he's like 50-plus percent on the season no matter where he is. Uh, He was out last week with a concussion, but he played on Thursday night against Colorado and had a decent night, six points, five rebounds. But again, coming off a concussion, uh, I think they tried to limit his minutes a little bit at least. But he's going to be a challenge for Brandon Carlson inside, no doubt, couple other names to know, Austin Nunez, he's a reserve guard who averages 16 minutes per game. He shoots 38% from the three. Jemiah Neal, he's an undersized forward who averages just 3.8 points per game, but he's another body that they'll throw out at the Utes. He's, a, he's one of these, you know, mid-sized type guys. It makes him sound like he's a sedan, but you know what I mean, one of these wings and small forwards to throw at him. Luther Muhammad, he's a senior guard who's seen his minutes dip a little bit this year, but he's had some moments this season. He'll no doubt get some time because it's senior night 
in Tempe. Duke Brennan, true freshman big man who's seeing his minutes increase, and he'll definitely see some time to try to stop Brandon Carlson. And then Alonzo Gaffney, another senior, former transfer from Ohio State. He's also seen his minutes decrease. But Arizona State's a volume team in terms of the number of guys that they can throw at you. So you just never know with a team like Arizona State who is going to step up and be that main scorer. And I think sometimes that's what makes them so dangerous is it could come from anywhere. You know, you could focus in on Cambridge and Frankie Collins and then, you know, Duke Brennan comes off the bench and scores 16 or something like that. So just something that the Utes are going to really have to key on here with just one day to prepare. You take a look at the numbers, you know, nothing that Arizona State does jumps off the page at you from a number standpoint. They average 70 points per game, which is kind of right in the middle. They're top 50 in rebounding at 38 per game. They allow 66 points per game while Utah allows 61. So, you know, that'll take a hit for Utah after tonight, but probably not by much. They allow 33% from beyond the arc, which is good because Utah shot 33% from beyond the arc tonight. They are 294th in the nation at three-point shooting at 31%, but you know how that goes. They average right around 12 turnovers per game, so right in lockstep with Utah, and they shoot 69% from the free throw line. You take a look at what the metrics folks say on this one. Ken Palm sees a narrow win for Arizona State, 68-66, but he gives Utah a 44% chance to win it. Haslam metrics forecasts a toss-up. Literally, he has both teams with 66 points. It says overtime might be required to settle it. Now, he did give Utah a slight edge in this one, so I guess we'll say he picked Utah. The ESPN matchup predictor gives Arizona State 62% chance to win the game. And there's no line yet, but my guess is that it'll be Arizona State by 2 to 3.5. So they were a 4.5-point favorite against Colorado. Utah was a 10.5-point dog to Arizona. They got blown out. Arizona State lost by eight, so it'll be somewhere in that neighborhood. So what then are my keys to the game? Well, first and foremost, with Arizona State, you've got to manage the chaos. They don't really run stuff in the traditional way that college basketball teams run stuff. They rely heavily on chaos to throw their opponent off rhythm and get easy buckets you know, kind of off of that chaos and create momentum plays and turnovers. Very much like BYU approaches the game defensively. BYU obviously runs more structured stuff offensively, but Arizona State really relies on those scramble plays, getting past your opponent on drives, etc., which leads to my next point, which is you got to stay in front of them. This is a guard-heavy team. They're quick. They look to get to the basket, but if you can get in front of them, they're going to settle for jump shots, and in some cases they'll settle for bad jump shots. And that's really where Utah can take advantage, get some defensive rebounds, and you've got to make them pay. You've got to make them pay on the offensive side when they take bad shots, give them a you know one and done. And then on the defensive end, they overplay. They take chances. They try to create those momentum plays. And so Utah's just got to play fundamentally sound basketball. And if they can do that, they're going to win this game. You talk about the formula right, for Utah, where it's work to get a good look, get it inside to Brandon Carlson, inside out, you know, that kind of stuff. That's the kind of thing that's really going to help if Utah can stay focused on it. They're also going to have to manage the press because Arizona State's going to put pressure on them. Raleigh did a really good job against Colorado when they pressed them late in the game. Arizona State's going to bring that press, I think, probably a lot earlier, and so they're going to have to manage that as well. You got to make shots, which sounds simple, but after tonight, 
I'm not so sure. And then you got to ride your horse, right? Brandon Carlson is the only player on this team that has managed to be consistent on the road. The last time he didn't score in double figures, period, was against Washington State in December. And if you remember, that game was poorly officiated. He fouled out. Muhammad Gay fouled out. I don't need to go back and re-adjudicate Dave Hall's poor performance in that game. But again, you've got to ride your horse. Get the ball to Brandon Carlson. He is an advantage for you. He's a mismatch against Arizona State. So you've got to really ride him in this game. And then, of course, value basketball. You can't turn the ball over. And you can't have empty possessions against Arizona State. They will take advantage of that, and you will be out of the game before you know it. So, with all that said, what is my prediction? Well, it's going to be senior night in Tempe, and Utah's going to have to deal with the emotions of that. I would expect a rowdy crowd, because it's a Saturday afternoon. It's a much more palatable, you know, tip for the game. They're going to honor these players that have only been there for a season, but, you know, they've played well. It's They've had a good season for them, and they've got the curtain of distraction, which has not necessarily been as effective recently. But look, in its heyday, the curtain of distraction was a top five thing in college basketball in terms of coming into an opposing venue and playing well. By the way, I also heard on the broadcast tonight for the Arizona State-Colorado game that Arizona State had curtains down that they actually lifted for this weekend. So, hey, we've got something in common with them. But look, I think if we're being honest, this road trip was always about getting the win in Tempe over the one in Tucson, right? We knew that was going to be a tough one. It was. They got run off the floor the way that they ran Arizona off the floor, I might remind you, in Salt Lake in December. But I believe they will. I believe they're going to get this win in Tempe to keep themselves alive and create a situation where they've got a big homestand next weekend against UCLA and USC. I'll take the Utes 70 to 62. Let's take a quick spin around the Pac-12 here on the night. Now, besides Arizona and Colorado, the rest of the night went as expected in the league. UCLA beat Stanford 73 to 64. USC blew out Cal 97 to 60. And Washington State thumped Oregon State 80 to 62. So when you combine that with the Utah and Colorado results and the Oregon and Washington result last night, UCLA is 13 and 2, Arizona is 12 and 4, USC is 10 and 5, Utah is 10 and 6. Arizona State and Oregon are both 9 and 7, Colorado and Washington State are both 7 and 9, Stanford's 5 and 10, Oregon State's 4 and 12 and Cal is 2 and 13. You've got a couple of big games though in the middle this weekend, trying to figure out who's going to get that three and four spot, Utah and Arizona State, Oregon and Washington State on Sunday, and Stanford and USC. So big games this weekend, and it all leads to these last two weeks of the regular season in the Pac-12 before everybody heads to Vegas. But that is going to do it for this episode of the Running Hoops podcast. I want to thank you as always for listening, and hey, this is my third episode this week. If you haven't gone back and listened to the interview with Brandon and Maddie Carlson, do that. That was a lot of fun. And then the interview I did with Rocco Miller with Bracketology, there's a ton of good information, not just about the Utes, but about the Pac-12 and the bubble in general. Maybe some insights that you can grab for when you fill out your bracket later on in March. Don't forget to follow the podcast on Twitter at Running Hoops. You can rate and review the show on Apple Podcasts 
or Spotify. You can support us over on Venmo and the NIL stuff we're doing with Big Brandon Carlson. And of course, you can also read my game previews over on UteZone. I'll have one up on Friday, hopefully. So that'll be there to check that out. And of course, sign up for UteZone and participate in the conversation going on over there. But until next time, I'm Andrew Crowley. This is the Running Hoops Podcast. Win or lose, go Utes.